Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And today we're going to talk about something that may not feel super sexy. However, it's super important, and that is your website and keeping it safe. You know, we're all very concerned about what's walking through our front door from a safety standpoint, making sure that we are following safety protocols across the board inside the practice. But we don't always think about what it is we need to do to keep our website safe and our marketing safe. And so, Corey, we had an example very recently where we had a practice call us. They had a big meeting coming up Thursday, and it was a a Tuesday night. And they said, hey, we just went to the website, and I'm not sure that that it's actually my website. There's somebody on there with a mask and an AK-47, and it looks like it has been taken over. And holy heck, what are we supposed to do? We've got this big investor meeting coming up in a day, and we're not sure what to do. And what is it there, Corey? What did you tell that client? I said, don't worry about it because we make nightly backups of your website and just give me five minutes and we'll be rocking and rolling. And luckily we were (laughs) in the position to say that. Now, a lot of people, you definitely, if you're listening to this, one of the first things you're going to want to do is call your website hosting company or your marketing team or whoever, and make sure that you're getting those nightly backups because otherwise that meeting is going to go a lot different. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because you would think that that's the case, but we had just this week, we had a meeting with a client and we needed to make some changes to their website. It was a a new client that we had taken over. They didn't want a new website. We said, all right, well, we'll work within your existing platform and went in, made some very minor changes and it completely broke the site because they hadn't made changes in so long. And thank goodness we already had a copy backed up because if you not had that backup, it would have been a completely different scenario in making those changes. So good information there, good advice to give to people is to make sure that you've got a nightly backup going on so that you never have to worry when the person with the AK-47 shows up at your front door, you just back (laughs) it up and erase them. Another thing from a safety standpoint that we got last week, I got an email from a client who had received kind of like on their contact form on their website, a notification. And that notification said that they had stolen some photos and there was a copyright infringement case coming their way. You know, what advice did you offer that client, Corey? Yeah, that's actually, that's a common one that we see a lot. And typically it will look like it'll come across a contact form and it's someone at a, that looks like a reputable email or a Gmail address. And one way to tell if it's spam or not is actually you can quickly just take that message, copy and paste it into Google and you'll see results come back that say like, oh, this is a spam message that's going around. So my advice there would be when you get that, again, talk to somebody that is familiar with the technical side of your website. So if you've got an IT department or if you contract out, send it to them. If you've got a security pro in-house, let them know. But I mean, number one, don't click on anything that's in there because I think that the message you're referencing, if I'm remembering it correctly, Jen, it said something to the effect of like, click here to see the image that we're talking about or you know, something to that regard. And you know, the best thing you can do is just not interact with those things. If you want to test it yourself, copy and paste the text, see if something comes back. 
If you don't want to do that yourself, then, you know, just send it along to someone or just alert someone that you got this message, but don't, don't mess with that. We see that a lot. I mean, the incidence of spam messages, it just seems like over the past couple of months has really like grown out of control. And every website has security and different features and functions in place to mitigate these things. But sometimes the messages get through and there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. And to the point that from the training side of our business, we've actually put some training in recently on kind of some of the employee social media channels that we manage. So for some of our clients, we do employee only closed Facebook groups so they that practices can communicate messages across multiple locations and get everybody on the same page. And we've actually had to put together some phishing training recently, like when in doubt, don't click type of stuff. Because exactly. when you have somebody from one department click on a message, it opens your entire network up to some kind of security threat. So um, this is good information. So I think, Corey, you said you've got five kind of monitoring routines that you set up when you set up a new website, really to keep the website safe and our marketing practices safe across the board. So let's go through those five for our listeners. What's the first thing that you do, Corey? Yeah, so the first thing is I always set up some sort of alert so that we know when a site is actually down. And I actually, we get asked this question a lot too, is like, sometimes we'll get an angry call or an email when someone says like, my site is down. And sometimes that happens. I mean, it happens to Google and Facebook and Amazon. You'll see sometimes that just the biggest websites in the world go down. It's something that just occurs. It, what we try and do though, is we guarantee that our sites, for example, are up like 99.9% .9 of the time. But every now and then there's like server maintenance or something like that. But if there's a bigger issue and it's not some sort of maintenance related thing where the site happens to go down 30 seconds and you look at it at in those 30 seconds, then it's a bigger issue. So number one thing that you can do and, and that we do when we're setting up a new website is create some sort of alert when the site is down, there's a, a couple of different places you can go to do that. One that's really good is called Pingdom. It is a really good uptime monitoring platform. It's got a page here, but it's also got a free one that you can check out. There is also, it's called isitdownrightnow.com. So nice and to the point. So if you can just Google like, is my site down? And it'll be one of the top results that shows up there. And you can click there, enter the URL, and you'll see what other people are seeing. And it'll actually give you, you know, a bunch of like green check marks if the site's up. And then if the site's down, it'll give you a bunch of thumbs down. And so that's one way to either instantly know when the site's down or with something like Pingdom, again, you can set up alerts that it'll actually shoot you over a notification and say, here's the site is down. Here's some statistics to show uh, the uptime over the course of the site's life. So that would be the first thing. How often do you notice sites going down, Corey? Not very often. It's pretty rare. And normally the hosting platform will let you know that hey, we're doing scheduled maintenance from you know 2 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. on Saturday, so the site may be down. And then occasionally, I would say once in a blue moon, a site will just sort of like randomly go down just for a minute or two here or there. And it always seems it's like always that's when, when someone the seems to notice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. always when someone's looking or 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 7pm on a Friday night when you don't want to be yeah, when it's inconvenient for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That that does yeah. seem to be when they go down. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So that's really good information. You know, is this something, do you think that, I know we set it up, but when we're taking over websites, do you see it often where folks have something set up like this so that they know when their site goes down? It is very rare for anyone to have this set up. So I think, again, this is something that you can check for free. And if you ever want a notification, they have like paid tiers and it's pretty affordable. I would say it's worth the peace of mind. And if you don't have that set up, you may want to start it just so you know. Um, when you get that angry call from someone that you're proactively taking a step and maybe you're one step ahead and you're aware of what's going on. Good info. So, okay. So move on a little bit. So kind of like that site that we had where the guy was on the, had the AK-47 and the mask on the homepage, you know, other than checking your website all the time, just to make sure that it's safe, what can you do to get notified when your site is hacked? Yeah. So if your site is hacked, there's a couple of different things that you can do. There's a ton of different security scanners out there that you can use that'll help you find and remove malware. So malware is like usually what someone installs. It's basically like malicious software that gets put on the website. And then when someone goes to the website, it can spread that. So it's bad news bears essentially. Um, but you can get notified when the site is hacked. One of the best ways to do that actually is through something called the Google Search Console. It's fast, it's free. Odds are that you've already your website has already been connected to the Google Search Console. So typically whenever a new website goes up, whoever built that website will go into the Google Search Console and kind of connect your website to that and submit what's called a sitemap because that helps Google sort of crawl and read your website, which will help it show up in search results. So as it's going through and reading this, it will also detect malware because of course, if you think, if you put yourselves in in the shoes of Google, they want to show the best results to whoever is searching. And if your website is hacked and it's got malware, well, they don't want to show your site because then someone's going to click on it and they're going to blame Google and it's going to be a whole thing. So they actually monitor this and will let you know really to kind of save themselves, but it's it works out as a benefit for your organization as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had sites that we've taken over in the past year where we'll go to migrate them over to our hosting service and they're full of malware, which has led, I believe, to a full rebuild or weeks in weeks and weeks of energy trying to clean the malware up. Yeah, so that yeah, that's a great point. A lot of places, I, again, like there's tons and tons of scanners out there that will clean and things like that. So you can purchase a software that will scan and then clean the website of the malware. A lot of hosting companies will do this too because they, again, they don't want that on their servers. So if you're in a shared server kind of environment, especially like on a, like a GoDaddy sort of cheap plan, they don't want your site there if it's going to infect affect other sites. So they will, what they call put it in quarantine and just kind of keep it separate. They'll clean it for you. There's a fee, of course, for them to do that, but they'll clean it. And then once it's ready to, to go and it passes all of their tests, then they'll sort of put it in the live environment. And then same thing when you're transferring sites. So if there's malware, like for example, the hosting partner that we use, they will clean it for free. And same idea, they don't want it, even if it's on an independent server and, and everything's HIPAA compliant, they don't want it anywhere near their environment until it's clean. So they'll do it for free and then pop it up when it's live. So if that's not an option, again, I mean, there's tons of options out there. I mean, there's dozens and dozens that you can use and they're, they're relatively affordable. It just depends on how deep the malware actually is and how far somebody has to go to clean it. Are you ready to make marketing easier? Join Dr. Marketing Tips Lab to unlock awesome tools and coaching from the experts you hear every week on this podcast. Hi. My name is Christiana Oyunchi, 
and I'm the Dr. Marketing Tips Lab Community Manager. My job is to make sure you know about all the great features Lab has to offer and to answer questions you may have. Speaking of features, your Lab membership comes with tons of marketing templates, checklists, webinars, how-to guides, and even a monthly coaching call with Corey, Jennifer, and the entire Dr. Marketing Tips podcast team. Learn more and sign up at drmarketingtipslab.com to streamline your marketing and kickstart practice growth today. That's drmarketingtipslab.com. See you in the lab soon. Uh, good advice. You also, I mean, you're saying, look, they don't want you on their server to spread the malware, but right. just like we've seen with COVID, it spreads so easily and maybe you're not the one that's infecting everybody, but who knows what other websites that you're on there sharing server space with. And so I think it's really important to take a look at who you're hosting with and understand that sometimes saving $7 a month is not the best thing to do in the long term. <laughs> right, exactly. Cool. So we've talked about what to do when your site's down. We've talked about what to do when your site gets hacked, what's your kind of third thing you do when you're setting up a website to make sure it stays safe? So it kind of goes hand in hand with what we do when we launch a site. One of the things that we make sure to do before a site launches is we install Google Analytics, which is the tool that sort of tells us where traffic is coming from and how we're performing. We can set goals and benchmarks and all that fun marketing mumbo jumbo, but it also allows us to monitor links. And so we know that links are really important when it comes to online visibility. And sometimes what you can also see through links is when something just kind of isn't right. And so we also monitor what's called backlinks. So that's when a website is linking to yours. And oftentimes, if you ever go through one of these reports, you'll see that, you know, you've got like, you'll have your rate MDs and your health grades and your local listing sites, and maybe a local news station or something like that. So like, those are all great links. That's what you want. And then every now and then you'll see something really weird. And it's just a string of numbers and letters, or it's got like an IP that, like out of Russia or something like that. And then that's sort of your first indication that something is amiss there and someone's trying to maybe not like do any harm to your site, but you're just sort of involved in something you don't want to be involved in. So the tip is to every now and then monitor your links. Again, there's really like there's software that does this for you. There's a thing called Link Checker Pro that monitors these backlinks and will notify when something is wrong. I don't know if that's necessary for everybody that's listening to this because we're not typically getting so much traffic that this becomes a huge issue. So I would suggest that if this is a concern of yours, or if you've never looked at your links, and you're just curious, you can either hop into your Google Analytics, because like 9.8 out of 10 sites on the internet have Google Analytics, or you can just, again, ask your website developer for a report, and just kind of run through the links and then see what's going on there, see where your top links are, and where there's some weaknesses. And if anything's weird is going on, and then again, just let somebody know. And that actually might be not only from a security standpoint, it might be a good idea to just run through this report because you never know where your referrals and your backlinks are coming from. And it could help you direct your content, your marketing strategy as well. Yeah, um, we actually have a client that large orthopedic practice who, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we went through and did a big exercise looking at their traffic sources and the backlinks that they've got. And we found that there were several organizations out there in the community that were linking to the website, driving quite a bit of traffic. And it actually changed our referral 
marketing, boots on the ground strategy slightly because we were evaluating those links. So I think that's a good exercise when you have some time, which we know nobody ever has any time, but um, <laughs> right. definitely something to ask your marketing team to take a look at, maybe come back with some tweaks to the strategy. Um, so the next thing on your list is to monitor bot traffic. And this one has really been something I've been paying attention to. One, because we do these quarterly reports for all of our clients where we really look at where traffic's coming from, where their top links are. And sometimes there's some things going on with bots that will throw off the report. And then recently, Corey, I think you participated in it. We did a deep dive into some email marketing effort that we were having with one of our plastic surgery clients. And we had another agency that we work with who we've taken over their the email marketing from this agency. Um, we still work together. We all play in the sandbox well. And our numbers were actually significantly lower than this other agency. And we were kind of having a coming to Jesus meeting within our internal team, trying to figure out why is it that our numbers are so much lower than the previous agency. And we ended up finding out that there was something going on with the email hosting service. They had been attacked by bot and were putting fake click-throughs on all of the email communications that their clients were using or their customers were using. And so this bot traffic stuff has really been top of mind. Why don't you share a little bit with our listeners what you mean by monitoring bot traffic? Yeah. So bot traffic is essentially saying that, so regular traffic, that would be me going to your website. I'm a real live person and I'm interested in something that you're doing at your practice and I'm interested in making an appointment. That's a really good visit. So bot traffic is short for robot. It's not a real person. And these can be sort of sent out in waves and they don't require someone sitting behind a computer. So this is sort of like a malicious traffic that sometimes can pose a threat to your site's well-being. Other times it can just sort of show up on reports and make you scratch your head. And if you have the right security measures in place already, there's nothing to worry about, at least for most people like that are listening to this podcast. I mean, a sudden increase in traffic can be a sign of an attack, but again, they're called DDoS attacks. And if you are with a good host, like a good website host, and you're not just paying bottom dollar, a lot of these hosts have precautions already in place to protect against DDoS attacks because they don't want them on their servers. But bot traffic, it can slow down your site and it can indicate someone is trying to steal data from your site. So if you're taking contact forms, taking credit cards, like to purchase like supplements or book certain appointments or things like that, you know, just make sure everything is encrypted. And if it's end to end encrypted, that makes it a lot harder to actually get in there. So to monitor your traffic or your bot traffic, there's a couple things that you can do. Again, you can check the Google analytic reports because you'll see where something just there's a sudden spike and it doesn't make sense where it's coming from. It's pretty easy to kind of parse through those things. Or you can use a service. There's one called Finteza that is really good. It's kind of like the industry go-to and they'll allow you to check these fraud sessions and they can spot when this bot traffic pops up and then track down the sources and then you can take care of those sources as you need to. But again, I think that the number one thing to do to monitor your bot traffic would be every now and then just look at your Google Analytics and see if something funky is popping up. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I think that like the recurring theme that you keep saying is look at your analytics or just make sure you're checking things once in a while. In the case where you don't have time to check it, set up some kind of alert system and bot right. traffic right. is one of those things. You want to just, you know, sometimes you're not as successful as you think you are with your website marketing and it could be a result
result of a malicious link or a robot that's artificially inflating your traffic numbers. So definitely pay attention to it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I should mention that. Yeah. So like sometimes you can take the, like if you're just looking at a very top level report and you see, oh, you know, quarter over quarter, our traffic is up 27%. We must be doing fantastic. If it jumps so much, that's actually a good indication to jump in there and look at one of these reports, because that could say that they're maybe not pointing any fingers or anything, but there might be some bot traffic that's doing that. And you're actually going to report these numbers as you guys doing something really great. And then come to find out that it was bot traffic and you didn't actually grow 27%. You actually fell 12%. And so it not only from a security standpoint, but also from sort of a a CYA standpoint, if you will, you might want to check these before you go and report giant losses or gains in traffic. So even if there's nothing going on from a security standpoint, just from a marketing effectiveness and an ROI standpoint, it might make sense to check these out. Absolutely. And really probably a podcast for another day, but you know, when you're signing on for those sponsorships and things like that, you know, traffic is a way that you can truly track ROI because everybody says they're going to make a huge difference to your bottom line, but there's tools in place now that you can monitor every single thing. And every tool we're talking about could also be used, you know, outside of a security monitoring can be used to monitor your, your ROI on those marketing dollar investments. So Corey, um, you've got one more that kind of tip that you go through to keep websites safe. What's the final one? Yeah. So this is not only to keep websites safe, but also to just know what people are saying about us. And that's to monitor your brand name. So again, there are a ton of tools that do this. We use a, what's called Agora Pulse to do this for us. And what we'll do is whatever the practice is, we'll set up these brand name alerts. You can do this through Google as well. There's actually a tool called Google Alerts you can set up. And whenever there's a news story posted about your practice, or if there is a specific mention about you, you'll get alerted. And what's nice in Agora Pulse, it's a it's a great dashboard. You can schedule out your social media and you can create really great reports. I mean, I could probably talk about Agora for like an hour at least. But when it comes to social media monitoring, it will alert you whenever someone says anything about your brand. And sometimes this comes in handy when, from a security standpoint, because some of your followers will say, hey, I noticed that this button is not working, or I tried to schedule an appointment on your website, but then this happened and give you a screenshot. You know, So it can be another way that you get tipped off that something is not right. But what's nice about Agora is you can compose replies right away. So you see everything kind of in like a newsfeed sort of format that we're all familiar with. And then you can compose replies right away. You can label them and then sort of file them away for later if you need them for something or let's say somebody says something that's really positive about your practice and you want to turn that into a testimonial or something, you can save that, archive it, and then use it when you need it later. If you have other team members that also have access to your account, you can delegate it to them, which is really nice. That's my favorite tool. Or you can (laughs) remove, you can remove mentions that don't need any action. You can just sort of like swipe them away, but it's a really good way to keep an eye on what people are saying. And if an issue does come up, sometimes your fans and your followers uh, on your social channels are going to be the first ones to let you know. Yeah, that's really good advice. And just to kind of conclude here, I think the digital marketing and just marketing in general has come so far over the last couple of years. And just like everything out there, security is an enormous threat, whether it's who's walking through your door, protecting data, protecting patients, protecting employees and your doctors. Um, 
but it's also about protecting your website, protecting your reputation, and making sure that all those dollars and time and energy that you've invested in building your online presence, that you're actually protecting that investment that you've made. And, you know, really the best defense is offense when it comes to being proactive and putting the appropriate tools in place to protect your brand online. So hopefully these five tips have made resonated with some of our listeners. And if you don't have these items in place, please take an hour, jot these things down and make sure you've got your your team that's working with you, that they've got these items in place to make sure your brand is protected. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, we all want to make sure that whatever your digital footprint is or your digital marketing, whatever you're doing is as safe and predictable as possible. And if you can stay on top of these things, then more power to you. And like I said, if you need help, there's tons of tools out there. If you just Google around, you can find them and figure out which one's reputable. And if you have any questions or anything, then we're happy to help and just sort of point you in the right direction. If nothing else, I, I can't recommend Agora Pulse and Pingdom and those, those tools enough. They're great. Sounds good, Corey. Thank you so much. And with that, I am Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.